Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, good to have you with us. It is the V8 Salute Podcast powered by Repco 2022. This is our Repco Supercars Championship Preview episode. We are going back to racing. It's probably been a pretty short off-season, Wildale, because normally you're not really ready to go racing so quickly after a, such a late finish of the previous season, but we're good to go. We're going racing again at a track that we've not been to for a very long time, <laughs> Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, 90 days ago, we were at the Bathurst 1000 um, on one of the days of the lead-up. So you're I right, can't it's not remember yet. which day it was, yeah. but there was a few. Dep- I guess it depends on which day you're listening to this as well as True. to what day it, day it is slash was slash is going to be. I'm confused now, but let's just press on because what day it is is that it's recording day because we are recording this podcast ahead of this weekend's first round of the championship. So we thought we'd just step through some of the drivers. It's the ins and outs. This is our footy version of Supercars preview style because there's been a fair bit going on across all the teams. We thought we'd just summarise it and take a look at a couple of the other elements that you might not have stopped to think about ahead of the 2022 championship. Of course, it all started in 1960 at Nubla near Orange with the Australian Touring Car Championship. In 2022, we're going to have an end to the chapter because it will be the last time that a Holden or Holdens will race in this championship. Next year, it's Chevy Camaros through Chevrolet Racing. So it's a it's a season of last. It's been a couple of seasons of last with the last factory Holden and so on. But this is it for the Commodore this year. 13 rounds, uh, 34 championship races currently slated. Of course, we, uh, we've we got a floating Repco Newcastle 500. It's It'll got to land somewhere. <laughs> it's got to land somewhere on the calendar at some point, but it's uh, not got a home quite yet at the moment. Uh, of course, we start at City Motorsport Park. We're not quite sure where we're going to fully finish at the end of the year because of that floating uh, event and the swap around because contractually supercars have a contract where with the New South Wales government they have to start the championship uh, in the state. So hence why we're back at SMP, hence why we were at Bathurst last year instead of the 12-hour. Um, and Wakefield it, Park was not available. Wakefield, <laughs> actually, probably doesn't have the – I don't think it does have the right track. Well, they've got some issues of their own going on yes. there uh, at Wakefield Park at the moment. It's the first time – since 1999 that the Creek has hosted round one of the championship back then. That was the first year of the endurance races being piled into the championship and the control tyre made its debut Mm. that weekend as well. So uh, things have changed just a little bit in uh, 23 years in some areas and they've stayed the same in others. I mean, the track's different. It's called something different. There's a lot of yellow and black paint there now that wasn't there in 99. It's true. It's called something different. There's no Dougal McDougal on the grid this weekend. Todd Kelly... Is not going to have a major shunt at turn one. Well, that's true, but there's this is probably this this is the start of the non Kelly era. This is of true supercars yeah. because remember that Todd's been a part of it since basically when he drove with John Faulkner in the Enduros in '98. So mm. the '98 championships kind of the last time there wasn't a Kelly involved because he was in that Young Lions thing in the in '99 with the Noski family, and then of course the Young Lions team rolled on and Kmart and Rick came on the scene. So uh, and we were always expecting. I mean. Todd's going to do plenty of stuff behind the scenes. and But we read the story recently, though, that Groves are actually getting some engine work done by Walkinshaws this year. So that is interesting, I'm not quite sure where Todd's fitting in the mix there. But nevertheless, he doesn't have a, a driving role or an ownership role now. So that's a bit of an end of an era uh, for the Kellys. No Jamie Winkup. No, no, no Fabian Coulthard on the grid this year. They'll be back, of course, for the Enduros. Well, Fabian will be with Walkinshaws. Still not sure Jamie, on Jamie. That's a whole other question. We'll find out where that lands uh, a bit later on. Uh, formats for the year. There's been a few tweaks and changes with ties and bits and pieces. Largely, we're going to stay to the same sort of formula of it, the way that the championship will work. But, I mean, this weekend it's a pair of 300K races, a super night event, so uh, Saturday night racing, Sunday afternoon racing. 
What are the main differences this year to the mix from last year? Is there anything that stands out to you as the main change for formats, tyres, all that stuff? Probably the main thing that stood out to me is they're getting rid of – you remember the split qualifying sessions they ran at Simmons Plains and were going to run at Barbagallo, the shorter track thing where they cut the field in half? They've quietly dropped those. That was only ever going to be an evaluation thing to see whether it worked and it was a bit confusing to follow and wasn't wasn't the best. When you've got to do a graphic – that has to be explained five times a day in the telecast of how qualifying is going to work, it doesn't work. Exactly. We, we dealt with it for years with fields, with all the cars going out and doing qualifying. Onus comes back on the drivers not to get in the way or to be tootling around really slowly. Get on it. If exactly. you're on the track, get on it. Easy. Exactly. Uh, one thing that has remained are the um, compulsory pit stops with fuel drop for the longer races, uh, 120 litres at the races at Townsville, Gold Coast and Newcastle. There'll be three compulsory pit stops this weekend, though, and it's for 140 litres of fuel because I think last year when they tried that format, they realised, oh, this doesn't quite work mm. so well for a 300k race. Mm. So that will hopefully mix up the strategy a bit there. Yeah, and a lot of people keep saying, why do they still have these fuel drops? Because there's not the Volvos and the Nissans and the Mercedes of previous years, which they were introduced to try to even it out a bit. But now it's there to save the teams from themselves, from mm. tuning their cars too far too lean to try to get um, good fuel mileage but burning stuff out in among them that costs money, which the, the richer teams can afford to do a bit more because they can throw more bits at it, but the lesser-funded teams can't obviously do. So there's always a reason why those rules stay in place when they might not seem so on the surface. Uh, TV this year, a couple of changes, uh, still the same in terms of Fox, KO and Channel 7. Uh, Channel 7, this is a free-to-air round this weekend. We get asked that question a lot of which ones they're doing. They'll do six as per their contractually required and able to amount. Six live, six we might Six live add, and the rest in highlights. technically they're all free-to-air rounds, but yes, That's live right. versus highlights. Correct. So they'll do Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend. Uh, also, they'll do Townsville, Darwin, Bathurst, Gold Coast and Newcastle, wherever that might fall and as you mentioned the rest in highlights of course we expect to see uh, the grand prix on 10 for free to air mm. viewers of course foxtel and fox sports covering the rest of the of the full championship uh, from go to woe uh bit of chat going on with on air of late uh i guess the big change is rihanna crean returns after a season away uh so she's back charlie robinson's not continuing but other than that jesse Yates, scaife crompton Larko in the pit lane, Chad Nalon, um, Barretts and, Barretts and Jack, Jack Perkins, Perkins will do the Channel 7 rounds. That's no Molly right. Taylor this year. No Molly Channel Taylor. 7. She's in Speed Series World. Matt Nolte's back to do supports. Richard Crowell's doing some supports. Have I left anybody out? If we've left someone out, they'll be – oh, Larko. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How did you forget Larko? <laughs> well, you know, we got a lot of Larko last year, you know. So the, the fans stopped the paddle shift. They saved Larko. They saved Rihanna. What is the next thing that fans in 2022 – can change in supercars, people power. What can I, it- I look forward to seeing what it is because, yeah, there's, there's. I'm sure there'll be another target further down the list. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They've got good strike rate. Later, they do. Uh, they do. Of changing things around. Uh, in terms of television, though, um, yeah, City Motorsport Park this weekend. If you're watching on seven, it's on seven mate and seven plus. And, of course, on Fox as per usual, 506, all that sort of stuff. A couple of things going into it that I wanted to quickly cover off, mate. 25 cars this year. We've gone up one, remember, because Tickford have expanded back out to four cars. So uh, that's great news for them. That's bad news for It's uh, great news for everyone except Tim Tim Blanchard, Blanchard, who now has to to fund his team doing all of its own pit stops instead of combined with the Tickford crew. Yeah, so previously he was kind of the – other car connected to the third Tickford car for the pit boom sharing and the pit crew requirements. But now, of course, they need more people than their team mm. actually employs regularly to run their car to service it on the race weekends, even the, the 25th pit bay. I'm but a- I'm about silver linings here. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I see where you're about to go We talked about this. this for the wild card for Russell Ingalls' car last year at Bathurst. Okay, you got to run your own pit crew. Apparently, it's going to cost them about another 200 grand for the year to do that. Yeah. But you don't ever, ever, ever have to stack. I did think about this earlier. So, depending on the pit lane and the circuit, if Slade, if Tim Slade was first into the pits, would he, depending on gaps, potentially have to wait for cars behind him to pass before he can that get out be into the, the lane? That makes your silver lining suddenly a bit brown lining. It's yeah. I mean, don't get it. me wrong; it's an issue you'd kind of want to have because it means he drives out the front of the race. Mm. But yeah, mm. Mm. interesting. We'll see if that happens. Blocked this in, year. blocked out. Yeah. Just, yeah, blockage all around. Uh, 
I mentioned about this as being the first time that we've opened the championship at Sydney Motorsport Park since '99. Uh, Probably one of the big burning ones is that there's still one enduro, mm. Repco Bathurst 1000 in October. There's no Sandown 500 or 500 anywhere else, which clearly they've got their reasons, supercars, for doing this and trying to minimise the on-track running of these cars. They cost dollars per kilometre. But surely when we're putting these drivers, and we've talked about it before, we'll no doubt talk about it again, putting these drivers in for the biggest race of the year and we don't give them a run-up? Come on, seriously. Well, it's worked the last two years. And if we're looking at cost savings, I'm sure the other thing that probably has saved in terms of teams' costs is co-driver budget because instead of doing three races, now they're only paying for one. Yeah, but there's a premium on that race now too and the big teams will pay the big money. So there's there's an easy way if you want to really control some costs there and stop blokes getting paid, you know, crazy money for one race a year. Let them join up the regulars again. That'll fix that part. <laughs> That'll fix it straight away. Because if you if you're signing up to drive the second car, you're not going to be paid an absolute motto. Uh, anyway, a couple of other things in the whole scenario. Uh, every other podcast will probably do the whole. What are your predictions for the season? Championship. I can't see anybody laying claim to being the favourite past Van Gisbergen. Agree? Yep, completely agree. Who's the main challenger to Van Gisbergen this year? This is the hard part. I mean, it's. The logical one is either De Pasquale, if that he can be consistent this year. Second year with DJ with DJR, he was very strong at Sydney Motorsport Park and a couple of other places last year, and a couple of places where they weren't so strong. Uh, Cam Waters is the other logical one with Tickford. He was another strong challenger last year. Again, he had peaks and troughs, and it'd be hard to look past our reigning Bathurst winner, Chas Mostert. They ended the year very strongly at Walkinshaw Andretti United. They put all their eggs in the basket of doing well at Bathurst. And you know what? They did very well at Bathurst. But let's see if they can extrapolate that across the rest of the championship season. There's only 33 other races for them now to get good at. They got really good (laughs) at that one last year. They've got to nail it uh, a bunch. One of the things that I think about too with those, those three challenges that you named, two of them have proven fast teammates who I'm sure will be in the mix. Hmm. Nick Perkett now at Walkinshaw and Dreddy United with Chaz. Will Davison at DJR alongside Anton. Didn't win last year but got close a few times and was a He was ahead of Anton in points. Yeah, he he put together a a very consistent season. But then the other one in the mix is Waters. Hmm. James Courtney I don't think is going to be close to Cam Waters like those other guys will be tight or in front or on the same level as their teammates. So in one instance – I mean, it only takes one guy to go good in a team anyway for that team to be running up near the front. But what has Cam Waters got to learn? He's got Jake Kostecki, who's still a young bloke, Tom Randall in his first year. Courtney's got a lot of experience and now he's in the same garage with the way that they've grouped those cars together. And James has moved into car number five this year, which was the Jack LeBrock number and chassis and engineer with Mm. Sam Scafidi. So uh, I feel like the other teams are stronger on the whole. They've got more bullets in the chamber. Tickford have got one. I don't see Courtney as being a guy who's going to be a podium threatener. I see him as a top 10 guy, not a top three or top five guy. Those other teams have got that though. But essentially then you Tickford can put all their eggs in the one basket and if they need to evaluate setup directions, they can do that with the experienced James Courtney in car number five. And but while- isn't having four cars when you want to have more opportunity to be able to learn more? I mean, you're not going to learn anything from the other two guys because they're not going to be in front of him. Mm. Well, they also won't take points off him if they're in front. That's true. Okay, so of those three, who's the main challenger? I'm looking forward to seeing how Randall does in his first season, um, but logically it's probably Courtney. Okay, but what about the three oh, challenges the challenges of the Oh, I see. Um, it's hard to go past Chaz. Okay, I'm with that. I think I'm Anton. I think yep. I'm Anton. Just speed. When you got that, not just Sydney speed, but you know, he was fast at plenty of other places. <laughs> In as well theory, last he year. won't have four cracks at Sydney Motorsport no. Park this year, though. <laughs> I don't think anyone could uh, expect that ever happening again uh, in the history of the championship. So who's going to spring a surprise this year? Ooh. See, because some things that might be a surprise to our listeners might not be a surprise to us, and vice versa. So it's a very personal a- type of thing. Um. I think Feeney will surprise people. We are going to talk about him soon, yes, but what, what what would he do that would surprise people? I think he'll be closer to the money earlier than a lot of people expect. Podiums? Yeah. Qualifying front row? Potentially, yeah. Mm, okay. The, the one thing that he did struggle to do at Bathurst last year was string, string all his sectors together and put a good time together because 
over the course of like if you added all his good sectors from various laps in qualifying, he was ahead of where he should have been, where he was on the grid. Mm. So whether he can do that and like in the Dunlop series the last couple of years, they haven't had a lot of running in terms of qualifying one lap sort of deals. Mm. So that's probably an area where he, especially in comparison to a main game field, might be a bit weaker. But in terms of door to door racing, um, I think he'll I think he'll probably lay his marker out nice and early to say, I don't think I don't think you're going to be able to shove this rookie around. Mm. And when you've got a fast car, it's easy to be able to shove back. Exactly. Yes. If you're a mid packer or run at the back getting your door stoked in, it does make it a little bit hard to uh, <laughs> to give it back <laughs> yes. when you don't have any car speed to play with. I find it the funny thing is nothing surprises me anymore in <laughs> life, in motorsport, in supercars. It's hard for me to come up with a a surprise or what I would deem who's going to spring a surprise. But I can't help but feel that I can put Tim Slade into that category. And we'll talk about the reasons mm. why in our ins and outs in just a second. But their engine change, solid chassis, experienced driver, I like the way they've just gone about this. They've kind of taken control of their own destiny. They've now got probably just about the the best Ford engines just about out there from what was Moztec. It's now... Herod Performance will cover that off in, in just a sec. So I think he's going to spring a surprise. Remember that he missed virtually the first round last year because he didn't finish one race and didn't start the second. So he was a, a donut from round one and started a round behind everybody and came back to finish, what, 12th, I think it was, in the championship. So, That's probably the big what-if of last year's yeah, season, how yeah. Slade would have gone had they not had that crash in, mm. in the first race of the mm. season and been able to keep the good car for the and keep that momentum going for yeah. the, all those rounds. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll spring a surprise. I think that car's a podium finisher mm. a few times this year. That's my surprise. Who's got the most to prove? There are That's probably easier to pick from, but it's a case of picking one from the list. Can I start? I, if, if, if you'd like. Team 18. Yeah, I think that's They've cool. really got to do something this year. They've had a big change in the off-season with personnel. They've got triple eight customer gear, two very experienced drivers. Rough year last year. They showed more signs. Previous to that, 2020 with Pi and Winterbottom before that, they've got to prove something here. Like they've got good backing, they've got good people, they've built a good solid squad there. Yeah, they've lost a couple of people and swapped it around, but I think they're probably over. They had too many personnel in the sort of the beefed up top end of town. It's one areas. of those things. Like you can have all the good people in the world if it doesn't, it doesn't click. if the chemistry doesn't fit. Yeah. well, it doesn't yeah. matter. So I really would like to think that they've got the most to prove, considering they've got Triple Eight hardware. Two very experienced drivers who have been race winners. One's a former champion. Uh, last year, they just didn't really land the blow anywhere. So I think they need to to land some blows this year. And I think they can. No, totally agree. They're, they're in. Well, you look at the equipment they've got, and as you said, the personnel they've got. There's no real reason why they shouldn't be able to. And we've seen it from them at various times over the past couple of years. Think back 12 months to Mark Winterbottom at the Mount Panorama 500. He was a top mm. five car both days. But then after that. Not yeah. much to show for the year, really. I think he finished, what, 10th in the championship and there weren't any obvious real, oh, I remember when he did this here or... Well, even that just, Bathurst just, run was under the under yeah, the radar. Yeah, he was just staying, uh, rolling along. So, yeah. Um, most proof? Anybody else? I feel bad saying this because you look at the numbers that he racked up last year, he really doesn't have anything to prove, but it's Will Davison. Yeah. He's in a car that that we're discussing Anton potentially being a champion championship challenger. Both of those cars are the same. They they are. Are they? <laughs> they are. Well, one's got Ludo and one doesn't. That's true. But Davo is in a car that can potentially win the championship. At the very least, he should be winning races this year. Yep, agreed. And, and he'll want to it, be. It's unfortunate no that he has to, that I, that he can be lumped into a category as having to prove something, but he kind of needs to prove why he's in that car. Well, I think he probably also, from one respect, needs to prove because. If he's to continue where he is, exactly. if he's to move on to another team to give him an opportunity, he needs to show this year why he should have that. And clearly last year, I think if you'd said at the start of the year that, that that's the sort of year he would have, you'd probably have just about taken it. You yeah. probably would have thought there'd be a race win or two somewhere. He was unlucky He was not so to close at SMP. Mm. But he sort of felt in that last part of last year that he was damned if he did and he was damned if he didn't. So if he'd nailed Jamie Winkup up on that start at Sydney and fenced him and caused a big multi-car, it would have been Will Davison's a dickhead. Mm. And he lifts and Will Davison's soft. Mm. So how do you win in the narrative of of all of this stuff? But no doubt he's fired up and keen to um, get back among the winners list because he hasn't had a win since Bathurst 2016 Mm. with Techno with with Jonathan Webb. So that's been a while between drinks. Um, All right, so that's most approved. 
Let's have a quick look at ins and outs for this year. If you haven't been keeping abreast of all the changes, I think a lot of our listeners have been doing that, but this kind of gives you the the behind-the-scenes elements, some engineer stuff, some team stuff, some sponsor stuff. There's a few numbers that have changed, so mm-hmm. don't go looking for some of the numbers that you've looked for previously. Uh, we should start with the reigning champs, Red Bull Ampole Racing Triple Eight. Normally we would go, eh, nothing to report here, it's all the same. <laughs> but this year they've had the most change in the cars and off the scenes and behind the scenes that I think they've ever had in their in their history from season on season. Well, it starts at the top, doesn't it? I mean, there's been a management change there. Roland Dane is no longer the managing director. We've now got Jamie Wincup fulfilling that role. And of course, that means Jamie is not the driver of Car 88. We have Brock Feeney in that car. The race engineers of both those cars are different as well this year. Shane Van Gisbergen's on to, what, his fourth race engineer at Triple Eight? He's, he's getting through them, yeah. Yeah. He but, know- he, but he wins with them all, so that's not true, such a bad yeah. thing. Um, of course, as we know, David Couchy has now moved on to Grove Racing. Seems like the gardening leaves over. Yeah, he was at the Winton Test mm. Day and mm. not not really hiding that fact. Mm. Um, and, in a, and in full team shirt, it must be added. Uh, so Shane Van Gisbergen will instead have Andrew Edwards, who comes to Triple Eight from Brad Jones Racing. He was at Brad Jones Racing for a long, long mm, time as mm. well. Um, and Brock Feeney will graduate with his engineer from Super Two, Martin Short, who's a pretty handy race car driver in his own right. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that did some of the aero test driving in um, recent times with the the supercar aero test and just raced open wheelers. And uh, Wes McDougall, of course, he was Jamie Winkup's engineer last year. He moves on. For me, everyone's going to talk about Feeney and how, where's where's Feeney going to go? How's Feeney going to go? I think the biggest change is not Winkup out, Feeney in. It's RD out, J-Dub in mm. to that chair because Triple Eight, let's not beat around the bush, what they've achieved since 2003 when they've come here, all the race wins, the championships, the Bathurst wins, the Adelaide 500s, the team championships, I think they've won, what, 10 of them now, I think. Um, Roland Dane has driven it. Mm. He has grabbed it by the throat, worked 24-7, and now it's a new era. So it's not just changing the driver of the car. It's the guy who's running the show, setting the scene. Of course, he's not the only shareholder. Jess Dane and Tony Quinn also are the, the shareholders in the business. But I think that bit's the more intriguing change than the driver change of what's going to happen on the track. The, the driving change is intriguing. Love to see how Brock Feeney's going to go. But how does Jamie Winkup go in a role that he has never held in a racing scene mm. before? This is a whole different step for him. It's fascinating to see how whether he'll have carry or – Surely he won't carry the same level of authority that Roland Dane had. Can't see it. It's Can't that, see that's it. that's like optimist, wildly optimistic to think that he could have that straight off the bat. But it's whether he builds that throughout the year, throughout the next couple of years, that'll be really interesting to see. Mm. Because that'll dictate like how that team goes over the next couple of years. Yeah, because, not just this year. Because the, the train will roll merrily along mm. off the back of all these years of work. It's just whether it keeps going. Mm, yeah, that's right. Now, whether it keeps going, that's a lovely segue, and I think you did that deliberately. I definitely did not because I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Dick Johnson Racing, Shelby Power <laughs> Racing Team. So no change for them in terms of drivers, in terms of a couple of minor sponsor changes, but the cars look the same. Yeah, uh, Engineers stay the same, yep. no change. Ludo, Lacroix, and Richard Harris are there. It's all pretty much of a muchness there. There's not really much in the ins and the outs, but the question is, we're in what, two years on now from the post-Penske era. How long can they keep this going? Can mm. they just keep it rolling? The signs were there last year that they can. Oh, for sure. And you think that last year they were also working on all the Gen 3 stuff, which they will again this year, but largely, at least for the start of the year, that's all in Supercar's hands. So there's less distraction around this year. They should, like based on last year, but actually, take that back, Base it on the last time these cars were on track, they weren't that they they were a bit ordinary at Bathurst. Yeah. Over the last two years, they weren't the dominant cars, or the they weren't landing punches or really throwing mm. too many at Bathurst last year or in twenty. So, um, but, but they but don't have to worry about going to Bathurst until October now. So, but apart <laughs> from, apart from Bathurst, most of their most of the twenty twenty one season, they built and built and got better and better mm. as the year went on. Right? Sure, yeah. Anton was fast straight off the bat. Davo was a podium car. Mount Panorama 500, but realistically they weren't contenders for race wins that weekend. They were towards the end of the weekend mm. so, or towards the end of the year, mm. I should say. So whether they can maintain that momentum, they should be able to with that level of consistency. Mm. 
more ins and outs. Walkinshaw and Andretti United. The big one is Cartoo, Bryce Forward, out to Brad Jones Racing. Mm-hmm. In comes Nick Perkat with Jeff Slater, the engineer formerly of Team Sydney and Techno before that in its previous guise and era. Other than that, not much real change in terms of big ticket signings or movings. Um, Optus sponsorship comes on board. They've with stepped Jazz's up because they were there last year They're on the their side. GOMO. Yeah, yep. So GOMO they're big brand. on the side of that car. Mobile and NTI are on Nick Perkat's car. So he comes home to Walkinshaw's, the, the place that gave him his first start in supercars. So that's pretty much the ins and outs there for for that team. At Tickford, we kind of covered off on it before. Um, Courtney's still there, but at the moment, sponsorless. Uh, Water's still there with Monster. Tom Randall gets his chance now with Castrol, which was, of course, announced last year. And Jake Kostecki moves from Matt Stone Racing across to take over in the third car, fourth car, however you want to deem it, Mm. uh, with Trady back. And I reckon that fits really well, that brand, with Jake (laughs) Kostecki. It really does. Um, By the way, uh, engineering-wise, a couple of little changes, a little bit of a shuffle, some young engineers getting an opportunity to step up with with Randall and Kostecki. So Raymond Lau, who's been with Tom in Super 2, um, and with the wild card stuff, I mean, last year he's going to come up with him. So a uh, little bit of a, a mix and match there, but they've got a really experienced crew there at Tickford now. But probably the question for me is um, what sponsor is going to be on James Courtney's car when they roll out this week? And, <laughs> and if, this is a, if that's announced since we've recorded this, then, oh, well, then you, you know. Well, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> you know what it is. You yeah. very smart. Um, what's the burning question for Tickford Racing this year? Tickford's up. Tickford's been a challenger for race wins pretty regularly over the last few years but can they actually can they actually develop into a title challenge not consistent enough yeah not even i mean cam waters goes out and belts them in townsville last year and then the round before the round after you know the wheels fall off it's either boom or bust at that place they're never that to be fair, they yeah. had a bit of Groundhog Day at the round after because it didn't go well at race at round one Sydney yeah. Motorsport Park <laughs> and it didn't go well round two. Yeah, they'll now, be By happy. round four, they kind yeah. of had it. Yeah, only problem was there'd been four rounds there, so yeah. they'll be happy not to have to go to that same track over and over. Yeah, I just – yeah, I, mm, uh, mm. Waters is their, their leading torch leader by mile. So. And he's also been in a car basically all summer. That's not a bad thing. Which is thing. another point worth Dirt track making. racing in sprint cars right through until I think last weekend even he was most yeah. recently um, in one of those as well. So, um, But on the whole, nothing big changing in, in Tickford racing world. So no. I want to see – I'm curious to see how Jake Kostecki goes because this is easily his best opportunity since coming into the sport and hmm. – Yep. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. He, and he's got benchmarks now. Hmm, you know, exactly. Randall, we know, he's a Super 2 champion. He's been a winner in S5000 and he's done overseas stuff and he's had a bit of taste of main game. Of course, uh, we backed Tom Randall at the Ben 2019 V8 Sleuth on the Scandia, um, on the Scandia Mustang, which, and by the way, the 143rd model is available now in our online bookshop, which has model cars in it too. We probably should rename it, I would have thought. Just the shop. The just, shop. Yeah. It's just the shop. Uh, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. We've got a small amount of those number 66 Tom Randall Mustangs. Small amount of the small cars. Yeah, yeah, they're smaller ones, not the big, fat, huge mm. ones. They're just the, the ti- slightly, tightly smaller ones, yeah. Um, who's next team on the list? The next team on the list is Erebus. They're the triple eight of this year. No real change. No. Same drivers, same engineers. Same livery across both cars Same livery, year. boost on both cars. Yeah, more of the same from those guys I'd expect this year. It's it's interesting to look back at Erebus's history and what and chart their progressions. Like you go back to 2013, they started off really at a low point and built their way sort of over the next couple of years, kind of plateaued in 15. Then there was that massive change. They changed states, they changed cars, they changed staff for 2016. Weren't in a great place at the start, but built their program. The next year, they were Bathurst winners. 2018, they were regular shots at race winning. And again, you look at last year, they lost a lot of – they lost a few key staff, lost both drivers, lost lost the Penrite money, a had two rookies. A lot of people thought they were going to struggle. And they, pro- they, were, they were easily – I don't want to say the surprise packet, but they were one of, they easily were. one of the best before, before, performed teams across the course of the year. No one predicted what they did. At the start of the season, no one predicted two guys in the top ten – one of them is going to win a race. They're going to be on podiums a couple of times. One of them is going to get a pole. One of them is going to sit on provisional pole at Bathurst. One of them is going to make a pass at Salmon Park at Bathurst. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Brody going by Cam Waters. That's the passing move of the year. Oh, hands down. Uh, by Country Mile. So I'm not worried about them. I think they're going to do more of the same and, and carry on in the project, trajectory that they were 
and this, rocking on to. But this is the interesting thing. It's when you're on your way up, that's always the exciting thing because there's always progression. There's always something yeah, more exciting things happen. It'll flatten out. It's how you, yeah, it's how you handle that flattening out. And Barry Ryan's got enough experience to be able to manage that. The expe- expectations of those two guys and all the young people in the team, a lot of whom are there from that era with David Reynolds and Anton Di Pasquale. They've been through it before, so yeah, they got they got a lot, a lot of new faces there last year that mm. I thought was one of the things that might struggle with them. And their big thing, probably if you've got to find something, pit stops. Pit stops, yes. Pit stops, Absolutely. pit stops, and we don't need to tell them they know it. So that's the big thing. They were good they, at Bathurst last year. Yeah, totally, totally, totally right. Um, next on the list? Brad Jones Racing. Now, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So ins and outs, uh, out per Cat Hazelwood, in comes Andre Heimgartner and Bryce Fullwood. Yep. Um, no change, Jack Smith, Macaulay Jones. They stay on board in car four and car 96, I think. We might see Macca with a rotating livery like Todd Hazelwood had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, can Heimgartner keep the level that Percat had in car eight? Because he's clearly got to be the leader. Bryce Forward, though, could very well change that. But um, what's the burning question for Brad Jones Racing heading into this year? Can they land any punches? Because generally in Percat era, they'd pop up and have their day. Some podiums, the odd win, as we saw previously, a Hazelwood pole in Townsville. Do we get the same vibe that that's possible with these guys coming in, or do they need a bit of time to get the lay of the land with BJR cars? Well, look, Andre's got the ta- Andre's proven a proven race winner in this category. He can win when everything's right, and like you say, BJR have a habit of deliver- delivering everything to a driver and popping up for a race win. So the capability is there. Whether he gels with the team, it's Tony Woodward who's mm. engineering him mm. this year. Yep. Tony's who, been there quite quite a while now. Yep, um, he'd be probably one of the more experienced guys on that in that team now with the departure of Andrew Edwards. Uh, Bryce Fullwood, I'm intrigued to see how he goes mm. because we know he's a pretty capable race car driver. Finished fifth at Bathurst with Warren Laugh. Exactly. His his last year at Walkinshaw Andretti United wasn't the best. And I, I feel it 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 um it really goes against the grain. Like if you're judging him on last year, mm. it sort of feels like it's a it's a blip year because the year before Got a podium at the bend, had some other good runs. But we've seen this from Bryce Started before. Started well last year and then the wheels fell off right at the time when they were deciding, is he our guy to carry mm. on with? And they went, uh, nah, the runs aren't there on the board. But we have seen this from Bryce before in Super 2. He started to go quite strongly and then when Matt Stone Racing switched to Ford machinery. They were nowhere. Yeah, it did And then not they get... jumped into Commodore and he was sort of recovered a bit. And then he went hopped to out and, and on the series. Destroyed everyone, yeah. Mm. Mm. So he, yeah, he has and, the talent. This this will kind of be the make or break for him. And Phil Keat is his engineer. So Keat is of back experience. at BJR who has been at DJ Tim Penske. He's been at BJR before. Um, and, of course, he comes from a couple of years at Team 18. So uh, a few changes there for, for Bradley World as well. Um, three he, full-time sponsors on mm, three of their entries, though, yeah, which, is, which is no small feat. Yeah. In supercars. Um, Pete Vale's gone to Matt Stone Racing, who was the team manager. Uh, as of right now, I don't think they've filled that brief. It's, you know, the team can carry on without needing, it's a nice role to have, but mm. it's not crucial for the team to carry on and operate as it does. Who's next on the list for the ins and the outs? Charlie Schwerkholz, Team 18. Okay. So drivers, same. Yep. Engineers, sort of the same. Richard Holway's now engineering Scott Pye. He's been he was head of engineering, I think, last year, wasn't he, Crusty? Yes. Um, gone off the number twenty cars DeWalt, so it's not yellow anymore. Uh, it's Seiko for the first round at City Motorsport Park. But the way that release was written, it sounded like it was for the opener, but I'm not sure if it's for any round. I think it's for at least one. the opening round. Well, we'll see if it carries on after that. I just have massive Alan Jones, Bob Morris, 1982 flashbacks when I see. Seiko. It is literally the exact opposite colours of that car, though. It's the brand. (laughs) The brand. Not so much the colours. It's not quite a Mazda RX-7 either. Um, Let's hope the wheels stay on because that was an issue for the Alan Jones or Morris Falcon. (laughs) It was. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Uh, we kind of covered off this team a little bit earlier on in the pods in terms of the, the ins and the outs. That's the, the crux of it. Um, who's next on the list? Next is Grove Racing. Well, 
we know Few one changes out. there. One out. Well, a couple of outs. Yeah. So Todd Kelly out as half team owner. The Kelly name. Kelly out. name out. So actually, technically, this is Penrite Racing now. It's Penrite Racing, but it's Grove Racing. The team you know, mm. underneath it. Uh, Dave Reynolds stays. Yep. Of course, uh, Andre Heimgartner gone. He's gone to Brad's. Uh, in his place <laughs> comes Lee Holdsworth. Which which brings me to my favourite in across all of this. Lee Holdsworth's race engineer. This is this the year, best. Will Davidson. William Davidson. William Davidson. Uh, not Will Davison, he's the driver. Um, William Davidson's an engineer who's been overseas. He's been working in Formula E with BMW and Andretti's, um, spent some time, I think, in GP2, GP3 before that. Yeah, with Arden and yeah. Double R, some, yeah. big, some yeah. big Formula formula racing teams overseas. Yeah, but supercars is a new frontier for him. So he's going to engineer Lee Holdsworth. So he's car 10, so they've retired number seven. Remember, that that's been Todd Kelly's number that became Andre's number. Um for a long time, so that's mm. we won't have a car seven on the grid um, to kick off the year anyway, unless someone decides to swap and pinch it while yeah. it's sitting uh, up there and vacant. Um, ten, is ten a Grove number? I think. I think so. I think they've run that before on some cars yeah. in the past. Well, twenty six is a- ran it on his Super Two car. Yes, when that's he drove what it was. Triple Eight a few years ago. So and twenty six is a Penrite number. That's right, and that's the number Dave had last year. Um, Dave Couchy, of course, joins from Triple Eight. Mm. Um, one of the off-season, behind-the-scenes pickups is Steve Robertson, ex-Triple Eight guy. He's been at Porsche for a long time. He's going to work on their Gen Three program side of things to get them ready. Um, uh, there, uh, Dylan Talabani, by the way, is still there. He's yes. moved from a race engineer role into more of a, you know, a, a workshop based role. Yeah, I think it's is a head of engineering or a yeah. workshop role. Anyway, it's not directly race engineering as he has um, with Andre for the last what, three, four seasons. So, yeah, plenty of change there. And they're both Penrite cars this year. So it's not a case of uh, split sponsors. It's, uh, it's a lot same of two car, two car teams. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's a good liberties. sign too that, that, well, either teams are. Copping the money and running, or <laughs> they're um, they're getting the requirement that they need to run two cars with one backer and not try to go out and go to market during the year to um, to sell individual events. Yes. Which I think it's probably a, a good healthy sign that there's I think there's five teams with the same backing across two cars from memory, mm. maybe six. There's quite a few, yeah, yeah. So and it's, it's probably worth noting that um, the way to tell these Penrite cars apart because it's very hard um, at speed. One of them has red trim, and the other one has white trim. So which You're going to ask me which is which Correct. now, aren't you? And are you going to be able to answer it? Um, not immediately. I'll need to bring up a photo. <laughs> you just drove yourself straight into that I one, I really didn't you? did. There's uh, definitely one key difference you, you, between you, the two You know cars. how to pick the difference between it. It's obviously You're going to tell me the door, the window numbers, yeah, aren't correct. you? Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. But the other thing to get all of this info plus a whole pile more is the official Repco Supercars Championship Season Guide. It's available now. You can order your copy from our uh, online bookshop. That's uh, the web address, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Uh, Will will put the link in the show notes, no yes. doubt, to make sure that you can get yourself there. It's bigger than last year. It's 224 pages. It was 192 last year. It's got all the driver profiles, team profiles, statistics, the history record books of the championship, lots of Super 2 info. It's a must-have if you're going to the racetrack or if you're going to be watching on TV at home. Um, grab a copy. It's uh, It was really successful last year, first time that we'd offered it uh, for fans to be able to buy. Normally it was just created for the media, hmm. uh, accredited media to have, but we worked with supercars very closely to bring this to you, the fans. So uh, grab a copy. And if you jump on the website when you're ordering it, you can bundle it up with some of our other books and save across both. So we're good guys, you know, we're just – Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I can also answer my um my. Did I buy my enough own time question? To find you the did, yeah. Then. It's Holdsworth who has white trim around the grill and on the rear rear wing end plates, and Reynolds has red in the same spots. So if the number on the windscreen and window is just a fluorescent yellow blur to you, that's how you tell the two cars <laughs> apart. Well handled. I bought you enough time there to look that up. Uh, who's next on the list? Do we do a- next? Is another team that has identical livery liveries across both cars. Yes, Matt Stone Racing or Truck, Truck Assist, Assist Racing, Racing powered by MSR. Yes, or driven by MSR. Driven by MSR. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, Todd Hazelwood comes back. So mm. out Goddard, out Kostecki. Yep. Looks like saying Goddard's going to land at Tickford for the endurance races. Is Jake Kostecki just can't get away can't from get him? Can't get away can from him. Imagine <laughs> if he drives with him. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, super light car together in 2020. Teammates last year, and now he goes to Tickford and sounds like he's being followed. The Tickford there. super tradey car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Todd Hazelwood comes back after a couple of years away. Jack LeBrock is joining up there, but he's staying in the same colours because he was truck assists guy at uh, Tickford Racing. So. Mm. Um, 
clearly. Oh, Chris Stuckey, he's another in there, engineer who has worked with, well, Lucas Dumbrell's team. He's worked, yeah, he's worked with Simone Dixon, yeah, with Simona. Um, Chris has been around a long time. He's, his old man, Russell, heavily involved for years with the Dunlop tyre supply side oh, of things. That is, okay, I had always wondered that but never actually got around to asking the question. Wonder yeah. no more. You don't need to ask the question. Yeah. That's, that, that's the answer. Uh, Jack's in car 34, Todd's back to 35, which Correct. is kind of his, his number when he was there. Well, do you remember the origin of why MSR run 35? I can't remember off the top of my head. It goes back to when they ran George George Medici yeah, in Super f- 2 and yeah. that was Andrew's, was Andrew's number. number when he was racing the Oxo Sierra right. to begin with. Yeah, and they've stuck with it. They've stuck with it since. the whole time. Oh, I mean, this is, this is a sort of a, a year where they need to deliver. They've got two kind of drivers that have now got experience and have had enough tastes at it mm. with success and with professional teams. This is their chance to take this team to the next level. And it looks like they've got some good bits. Triple Eight Hardware, KRE Engines, Hazelwood, LeBrock drivers. You know, LeBrock's been a, a race winner. Mm. I still count that Bend runner-up podium finish he had as a better performance than the win that he had because it was one of those tyre lottery yeah. races. But a win's a win. But a win's a win. Todd Hazelwood's had a pole. His second half of last year was much better than his first half mm. and he's showing signs when he was at Matt Stone previously. So I reckon they're going the right way. This is the year that we need to see them regularly hammering on the door of the 10 threatening occasionally that top five, I wouldn't say no to a podium for these guys somewhere and it falls their way during the year. But I reckon they're ready to take the next step. They've got to do it now because the car changes for Mm. next year. So the other thing is I can't help but feel that there'll be some teams who are just running with an eye on next year and not all their eggs in this year's basket. But there'll be some teams who go the other way who go, what will be next year will be. We can't really change much of that. We can change this year. Let's go in hard for this year. Well, it's worth noting that Matt Stone Racing, the Truck Assist title sponsorship deal, is a multi-year deal. So they have that level of security and um, comfort in knowing that their funding will be there for Gen 3. So mm. that that at least means that they can have a solid dip at both of them. It's worth no- worth remembering how these cars went last year with two relatively inexperienced guys in them. Remember Zane Goddard qualified on the second row mm. at Simmons Plains? Yeah. And I think they both registered, if not top fives, they came very close to top fives across across the course of the year. So, team, it's capable. They're capable of doing it. Yeah. If you look at, I mean, we're doing ins and outs. It's a bit footy spec, but mm. apply a little bit more footy theory. You know, AFL, NRL players that are in that fifty to one hundred game mark. They're not the rookies anymore. They've kind mm. of got a taste of it. They're they've been around enough. They're kind of ready to take the next step and the next level. I mean, these guys in terms of round starts, LeBrock 65, Hazelwood 58. So they're by no means the bottom of the list coming into this season. They're not at the top. They're sort of in the middle layer there. So they're kind of in that same zone where, look, there's been enough experience now to get an idea of how this all works and how you you drive one of these things. So now's the time to start to see a couple of results. And I reckon the team's ready. I reckon they're really ready to do something pretty special this year. I mean, we really saw a flash from Goddard or two, but we Mm. saw a few. Yeah. We saw a couple of flashes from Jake Kostecki. Yeah. We just need to see some more, and their car, more often. For sure. Their cars look fantastic this year, I've got to say. The truck assist colours are yeah. really, Orange really good. wheels. How yeah. good. Yeah. I like it. I reckon that livery looks better on the Commodore than it did on the Mustang, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. I think that's that, that's worked quite well. Got to love orange and black. True. Next team is Premier Racing. I keep going to say Premier Higher Racing. Yeah, same. Premier yeah, yeah. Racing. So, um, of course, Peter Shibberus, uh, Australian top fuel drag racing star, has he, he already owned, record holder, yeah, reigning champion. Yeah, he already owned the 22 car that Team Sydney used last year, so he's acquired the other car from Team Sydney from the Webs, uh, the racing entitlements contract. So he's bought the assets of the team rather than buying the team. Uh, he's made his own team, hmm. um, which is going to be based at a, a place up on the Gold Coast. Um, Chris Pither joins with Coke. Um, backing Gary Jacobson's on board and stays, you know, he stays on from he stays in the same last year. Car. Same chassis, <laughs> yeah. uh, different colours, different number. 76 he swapped to this year, which was his dad's speedway number, which he's always wanted to run, but he's never quite had the chance to because the team he was driving for had their own traditional number or there was a sponsor reason or he's finally got that, which I think he's pretty chuffed about. Subway is mm. on board his car for the first two rounds. And I'm hearing there might be some backing coming for round three onwards for, for later in the year. Um, oh, big step. Those cars have been back to Triple Eight for a big birthday. They're going to have nice solid gear, but they're really building a team here. So 
I don't have high, heavy expectations on them, but I think already their level of presentation, professionalism, he's been great in the media, Peter. He's, mm. he's, I reckon he's answered every phone call from every journo because there's, there's been, been no shortage of, of them. Either. Yeah, no shortage of them, but plenty of stories out there in the last couple of months of the various elements of that team coming together. I like what I see from the outset. It's going to take a bit of time for the results to flow, but they're building it the right way. Well, that's the thing. I think everyone's expectations of what they can – they weren't a team like – what eight nine weeks ago mm. there was nothing apart from the the relative assets. So I think if like anything that they achieve this year, certainly in the early rounds, well, that'll be above whatever was expected of them. Um, they have two talented drivers in terms of Pitha and Jacobson. They've got good gear. Is being prepped by Triple Eight to begin with. To begin before with, before they end up moving into their the, own, yeah, factory. until their workshops yeah. up and running. The cars look really good. They look fantastic. They're two of the best liveries on the grid. And not but not just the liveries, everything else looked good. Yes. That's the key. That's the key. That was been a, a massive step. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're a great addition to the championship this year as a team. And obviously two drivers who've been around. Uh, they're not race winning drivers. They're not uh, they're both super two series winners of previous years. Yeah. Um on their day, they're going to have some good days because their, their gear underneath them is better than they had last year. There's mm. no doubt that what they've got is upgraded. It's far closer and better to than what was being offered up last year for that team. And I think you'll start to see that in the reliability results that will unfold this year. So we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds, but it's great to have something fresh to talk about. And that's not a subway <laughs> gag, by the way. Sure. Um, but, you know, injection of enthusiasm, new team owner, um, two drivers with an opportunity, Um I don't think they're going to be running top 10 straight away. but Well, they, give, this give team time. has not had an opportunity to have a prop pre-season no. hit out. Their, their scheduled test day, they had theirs. Oh, they they, well, they got permission to push it back mm. a week and then it rained heavily. They got a little day, shakedown so. and that was about it, but you wouldn't call it a no. test of um, learnings. No. Um, apart from everything's working and uh, spinning around and doing its thing, so... So that, that's 24 cars. Mm. Just one to go. Oh, yes. The cool drive car. The Blanchard Racing Team number three Ford Mustang, Tim Slade. Well, the in and out bit's in the motor. It's under the bonnet. Mm. It's the engine change. They've gone away from the Tickford engine supply to Herod Performance. Now, Rob Herod, who has had a long-time association with Dick Johnson, he's been heavily involved at DJR helping run that place when Ryan Story's been ill in previous um, times. So Robbie's business has basically taken over what was Steve Amos's MozTech, rebranded as Herod Performance. They'll look after Gen 3 Mustang engines as well, but they're obviously looking after the engines still for DJR for this year, and they've added the Blanchard team to their uh, roster for this year, which I reckon is a great move by Timmy Blanchard for Timmy Slade um, for, for this year. Of course, Tim knows about DJR power. He drove for the team back in 2013, which, holy shit, it's nine years ago. That's scary how that's gone. Yep. Unbelievably Same quickly. year Chaz Mostert was there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um of course, with Slade, he's back in that same car that he started and finished last year in. Uh, Mirko De Rosa still there engineering. Uh, Brendan Hogan um, calling the shots team manager-wise. So, yeah, they've got good the, – the engine's the big change for them. Yeah. The car looks pretty similar, a few different subsidiary sponsors, a little bit different. But apart and having from to that, do their own pit stops. Which oh, that's yeah, yeah, the, the other bit we covered mark. off too. So um, you're busy for 13 weekends this year, mate? You, you want to run a, a, a wheel gun or maybe hold a pit inside or something I like think that? Tim wants someone who would do that job a bit better than I would. Oh, come on now. Give I can hold a pit inside, but yeah, that'd be yeah, about that's, it. That's, that's, that's yeah. part of it. That's part of yeah. it. Yeah, pit out. you got to get the pit out. Don't forget <laughs> yeah. him to leave I can yell well. go really loud. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you're in. You're in. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. Hey, um, don't forget too. Uh, before we jump into it, we've got a bunch of questions to answer in our um, season preview pod. Uh, a little plug for our friends at the motorsporttrader.com. They are, of course, keeping your motorsport memories alive with some amazing memorabilia. Some of the stuff that pops up on that website, Will, I keep on thinking, oh, that'd be nice for the collection. It and would. then I keep thinking, oh, it's nice being married and not getting divorced because I reckon my wife would say, you did what? <laughs> you bought what? Um I don't need to add to the memorabilia. I think I've got enough stuff here in the office that will last us for a while that's nice to look at. But themotorsporttrader.com is where you should head. Uh, Panels, race suits, car parts, all sorts of cool and interesting things. Jump on the website and have a bit of a look. Um, By the way, too, before we jump into our questions, uh, we did a little call out a little while ago through our socials. I want to do it again through the podcast. Um, we've got a bunch of amazing pre-owned magazines, race programs, the old Castrol grid cards. Remember mm. those, Will? Yes. Um, we've got a bunch of these that are on the market for sale. We've got 
a bunch of me on on the table in front of me. Yeah, right yeah here. I'm actually looking at 1993 yeah. as we speak. Um, that was a good worth, year for They're worth serious money. These things they're quite rare. Some of the early years of the the late 70s and the and the 80s. We've got a massive supply of those. If if you're missing any from your collection, send us a note through our website or our socials. We've got checkered flag magazines. We've got motorsport news, auto action, muscle car magazines. We've got um, race programs from touring car championship rounds, from the old Wanneroo 300 sports sedans, <laughs> Warwick Farm racing, Australian Grand Prix of the 60s. Uh, there is literally piles of racing car newses and wheels. And uh, if you're looking to beef up your motorsport or your motoring magazine or collectibles or memorabilia collection, uh, drop us a note because we've got some seriously cool stuff. So jump on our Socials are our website to get in touch. I mean, Australian Touring Car Championship programs from the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties and 10s. So, I mean, there's a, I've even got one from Austin and good. Abu Dhabi. I did have a China one, but I don't know where that is. It'll be it'll, it'll probably be under everything else. Yeah, probably. I didn't go, but I got them to bring me home a few, so <laughs> um, that'll keep me going. Uh, National Motor Racing Museum Catch Racer Questions is next on the pod. Of course, the National Motor Racing Museum open six days a week. Don't go Tuesdays. I've told you this before. If anyone's gone on a Tuesday and you've listened to this podcast, you have not listened well enough. (laughs) They are closed on Tuesdays. But if you want to check their opening times, go to the Museum's Bathurst website or the Museum's Facebook page. Right. First up, I'm going to bowl, you bat. Sure. Matthew Deer has the question. The last year with the Lion Badge on the front of a main game supercar this year, did General Motors have any plans for a final send-off or celebration? If it was you running GM Wheel, what would you do? See, the hard thing is, yes, yes, I have no doubt there will be something. But they did have a quiet little chat to GM. Okay. They said there will be something. Okay. Of course, COVID permitting, world changing, depending, but they want to send their brand off respectfully in the right way and do it right. But exactly what that will be, not quite sure at the moment. Well, the other thing is they need they need to also continue to promote, promote their new brand, Chevrolet yep. Racing, GMSV, all those things. So working out how to balance that and and pay respect to one but not disrespect the new one and mm-hmm. vice versa, that's that's going to be a tricky thing to try and try and navigate. Um, what about that we have to rebirth the Greg Murphy wildcard for Bathurst thing, don't we? Oh, sure. That's got to have a hold livery on it, doesn't it? Of course. Some sort of yeah. line of some description. Yeah. You know, only half been line, one half of, Kiwi. Yeah, he's only been one of Holden's greatest contributors on both sides of the Tasman. Yeah, he's been loyal to Holden in every super, strain Isn't, touring car championship, yeah. supercars championship race start. It's never driven anything else. Mm. So mm. that'd be a good way to send off the brand. It's expensive, but um, we're well, not the ones paying. Well, but didn't Peter Adderton say that they'd do it again this year? They were looking to. Okay, well, let's see if they're serious about this. Hope do you so. really? You know, Pete doesn't mind a bit of a fire up on socials, does he, about a bunch of different stuff. I haven't heard boo about the Greg Murphy wildcard for a while. Well, Bathurst is a long way away. Get it sorted now. Come <laughs> on. Make it happen. Uh, Matthew Coombs, uh, who do you guys think's the dark horse for the title? I don't think there's a dark horse for the title. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's Name me the last dark horse that won a title. Courtney? Yeah, Probably. But even geez. then, like he was geez, a race winner really, the previous year. Like yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's a rough right. assessment. Yeah, well, at the start of the year, you probably wouldn't have penciled him in, but you wouldn't have discounted him either. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I don't think dark horses really generally win too much. But I think Tim Slade's a dark horse to win a race this year. Yes, uh, yeah. But some people might think he's not a dark horse. But uh, nevertheless, Julie Jones, do you think we'll ever see the return of other enduros to go with Bathurst? I think you will one day. But just not at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, that's probably a 2023 or 2024 sort of thing I think they'll look to. Although, do you think with the first year of Gen 3, they'll want to do more just, than one enduro? Yeah, I was just thinking probably I can see not. pros and cons with that, though, because you'd kind of want to you'd kind of want to maybe have an enduro before Bathurst. Mm, yeah. I've just realised something, Will. Mm-hmm. We talked about earlier in the pod the things that the fans have got behind and changed. Uh-huh. I think I know where this is going. We're bringing back the Sandown 500, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, Come sure. on, everybody. Post, write, email, get up, get about. That's what we're going to do. We're on the next mission. There we go. I've already Done. sorted out the next train to jump aboard. <laughs> train to Sandown Park Station. Yeah, there's one that yeah. goes past. Perfect, yes, perfect. Yeah. Next question is from Will Tatnell. What was the shortest time frame from a driver making their championship debut to winning the title and who was it? One day, <laughs> yeah. That one, that one was that one's rather straightforward. David McKay, the first yeah, David McKay, Scuderia Veloce yeah. uh, Jaguar. 
Okay, I'm t- well, technically that is correct. It is correct. But um, it's Lowndes. Yes. Um, of course, he'd started in V8s in 94, but that was in the Enduros. They weren't part of the championship. Same in 95, same with the Brock Classic. So 96 round one Eastern Creek is his championship debut, and, of course, he won the championship that year, wrapped it up. Wrapped uh, it up at Malala. Malala in the penultimate yeah. round. So just under six months. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty impressive. I can't see anybody doing that anytime soon. Um yeah, that's that's a big call. And everyone goes, oh, but Brock Feeney could do that. Ah, Brock Feeney debuted at Bathurst in 2020, though. So yes. um, doing two Enduros has kind of ruined him from being on that list if he won the championship this year. First full-time season. I knew you were about to say yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Victor Petruno asks, with the values of Aussie-built, brackets, road-going, V8 Falcons and Commodores skyrocketing, can you potentially see some of the older pre-2018-2019-built Gen 3 ZB and Mustang chassis racing this year eventually being converted back to original FGX VF bodywork once sold to collectors? Uh, Those cars are Gen 2, remember? Gen 3 is coming next. I think Victor's got those slightly confused, but I know what he means. Yeah. Uh, I... It would depend on the history of the chassis. Yes. If it was a Bathurst winning car, absolutely. I mean, we've just seen, uh, if you go to our website, uh, we've just reported about the last HRT winning Commodore that won the Sandown 500 in 2016. Mm. That was converted to a ZB and used by Walkinshaws in the, the years that followed. But they've retro converted it to VF with the panels, the livery, the spec, and, of course, the chassis underneath has been modified back to VF. Mm. So I think you will see it, but it won't be very common because – most of the cars that have achieved what they've achieved as a ZB were a ZB from yeah. the start. Um, there's quite a few of those Falcons that became Mustangs later on down the line. Tinkley the, um, particularly, you've got quite a few of those. 17 Bathurst, 2017 Erebus Bathurst winner was a VF that's and became a ZB. One. Yeah, that's of course, the car that's that, out of commission for different reasons. Yeah, that's the car that Anton had that big crash at Bathurst in mm. uh, a couple of years ago. So, But the plan's always been to return that back to VF to how it won Bathurst in 17. So, Victor, I can see some teams doing that, but only with cars that have got real reason to do so, Bathurst mm. winners, championship winners, because it's an expensive outlay to be able to actually do it. So to just click your fingers and say you'll do it is um, a whole other mission. Carl Williams, would you like to see knockout qualifying with a difference? Two groups, one decides the left side of the grid, the other decides the right side of the grid. Fastest time gets choice. You remember when we did this at Albert Park a long time ago? Yeah, it, was it was Holden and Ford. Re- yeah, that's right. It was too. All the Holdens lined up in one, on one side yeah. and the Fords lined up on the other. And there were way more Holdens than Fords. So the poor bloke who was <laughs> the slowest Holden was about five rows behind the slowest Ford. Um, oh, I get an ice cream headache thinking about this stuff. Just let them all go out there and go round and round. That's a good, that's good in theory, but then there's other problems when that happens at the shorter tracks that um, Carl's trying to address. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see the logic. I can see in the it, logic but, of it, but yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, David, it, it would be a good way to actually easily split half the field and not really severely impact relative to conditions and changing time of day and stuff. Yeah, mix it up. But but it probably won't happen. No, unfortunately. No. no. Uh, David Winkless, thoughts on how Chris Pither will go? He's had a year out, but did drive in the enduros. Well, enduro because there was only one singular. Yes. Um, I guess we've covered that off. Really, I think he'll go okay. You know, he's not going to win races, Chris, but he's a solid, reliable set of hands. Like on, over his career, he's not really been a big crasher. He's he's not a risk taker, wild child. Pole winner. I mean, he survived V eight Utes for Christ's sakes. Like seriously, <laughs> if you made yes. it out of that category, then you've probably done okay. So, um, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Harry Prado has listened to our recent podcast. We talked about touring car masters a bit in recent times and what we we'd sure like did. to tweak with it and, and change with it. He, this, is got, this is an interesting one. Do you think people are sick of every category moving towards a Ford VGM format? At the moment, there's three tiers of supercars, Trans Am and now TCM going that way. You know how you'd fix that with the progression that TCM's had towards the um, the XD Falcon and the VB Commodore? Mm. Mazda RX-7. Mm-hmm. So everyone can hate them equally? Yes. <laughs> Well, we sort of it? talked a bit about this, yeah. didn't we, in the, in the pod a couple of weeks ago with you know Touring Car Masters originals and sort of modernising it up a little bit to the almost the Group C era. But, but I guess, Harry, too, the history of Ford VGM, it's a proven formula in mm. Australia. It has always worked. 
So that's why we always go to it. I mean, Oscar Racing, when Bob Jane wanted a local form of stock car, what was it? Ford and Holden. Hmm. Um, saloon cars, Ford and Holden. So it's it's kind of a bit... <laughs> I, I do agree with him. But I understand I don't the think point, and I do agree to a point, yeah. but I, I, mean, I don't think it's good to have change. it all. No, 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 not all, but we don't have it all. We have plenty of other things to choose from. Hmm. TCR. Plenty of choice there. I just, I just mean specifically in TCM. I don't think it necessarily needs to be just no. Ford and GM. No, no. There's plenty of other cars that you no. can potentially race in that category. Yeah, that's right. That's outside right. of the obvious ones. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Oliver Luca, what chassis is the oldest chassis on the grid for this year, and what's the history of it? So that's the car that Jack LeBrock will pilot this year at Matstone Racing. That car was a brand new Triple Eight built car for Craig Lowndes back in 2014 and debuted by he and Stephen Richards at the Sandown 500 that year. So is that the one that uh, ran the Navy livery at Bathurst that Lounsey spun Frosty with late in the race? Correct. And the one that's that, the one that Luffy smashed into him in. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. And one thing that doesn't really get talked about from that weekend, Lounsey's shootout lap in the car that had just been rebuilt and wasn't quite tracking straight. It was a heck of a lap for a car that wasn't <laughs> solid, quite right. Solid. Bit of crazy Lounsey action there. So that car, Craig ran to the end of that year. Then it became Kurt Kostecki's car in Super 2. It mm. was picked up by Kostecki Brothers Racing. Um, was that car? It was the fill-in car for it Team It was 18. that car, yeah. I remember when Lee Holdsworth had his massive crash in Darwin and rendered that chassis useless and, of course, sidelined him. Um, they got Kurt Kostecki to drive because he had a car. Mm. So they re-liveried that car with some of their own components in Melbourne and Kurt filled in, I think, for Townsville and QR. Um, and then it went back to his hands for Super 2. Then Jake, his brother, got the car for a couple of years. Um, then they converted it, remember, for the Enduro wildcard that he and Brody did? Yes. For the three Enduros. That was, what, 2019? Yep. Then it was the super light car for Goddard and Kostecki in 20, and then it was um, Jake Kostecki's car last year. But for all that history, for being the oldest in terms of when it debuted, it's only done 78 races. Of course, Super 2 doesn't hmm. do as many in a season, I mean, it sat out all of 2015. Hmm. But the the car with the most races has in the championships got double. Tim Slade's car was new as a Falcon for Mark Winterbottom at Winton in 2016. It's done 147 races, <laughs> um, and of course, in the main game, longer races. So if you did the kilometre count, it'd be plenty more than that number 34 car, but um, not as new in terms of the the metal underneath. No. And just circling back to Victor Petrino's question, that car would be the last Ford that Mark Winterbond would have won a race in, would it not, at Pukekohe in 16? Yeah. So that may be one car that, depending on what Slade's able to do with it, admittedly that car's had a very wild and varied history over the years, so there's plenty of things you could restore mm. it back to, but in terms of its value, depending on what Slade does with it, this year, well, maybe that, maybe Winterbottom's victory at Pukekohe mm. is its most valuable state and maybe that car would be restored back to it depending on who bought it and their personal preferences. Well, of course, too, Tim Slade and Tim Blanchard indeed could completely make all of that redundant and win Bathurst this year and then you never touch it again. That's true. Mm. Just wheel it into a corner as it is. It. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Uh, Shane Anderson with our last question here on our Repco Supercars Championship preview pod. Uh, what's the number that's been used the least amount of times in championship history? We love a number question. We and do we've love had a to number seriously, question. Um, Shane Rogers, our stats guru, has been locked in a basement for a month working on this one. <laughs> um, he's blown up five capacitors and three keyboards to manage to come up with the answer here. And all the paper cuts of going through all the programs oh, just man, to verify things. Seriously. Uh, we've got shares in Reflex at the moment. We've got that much <laughs> paper flying around this joint. So I guess we've got to put a caveat on this. The least amount of times used that's actually been used. We're not going to pick numbers that have never been used. So mm. um, if you take the numbers above zero and under 100, the least used is? 94. 94. See, the thing is, I can't – like he's actually told us there were two rounds where it didn't – the, the car didn't start in 1972 with that number and one race start at Surface Paradise in 1975. So can someone just bowl out 94 this year just for fun to just break the drought? Because it's been a long time between drinks for number 94. It really has. Hey, um, it's a shame we don't have retro rounder. Nice little Bill Elliott McDonald's retro oh, livery would go okay. Yes, nice, nice. So I think 94, I think Jonathan Webb's DVS Falcon. Oh, yeah. With Stone Brothers. Another point. Late in what, 07, 08. So yeah. that's when the number pool was – you couldn't run the numbers from the main game in the development series. You had to pick from – 
the overall pool. They mm. changed that some years later. So um, there's been a bunch of numbers, like three-digit numbers used for one round. Um, and an alphanumeric number used yeah, for one round. W2. Yeah. Who was that? Tander. Tander in honour of Shane Crickey. That's right because, of course, W2 was the, the Crickey sprint car number for Western Australia, number mm. two. 427, that was Garth. Remember yes. he ran on yeah. that. He ran that at Sandown on GRM Commodore after they'd won the twenty-four hour. Had a great tire bank. Yes, three twenty-eight. Max Wilson used in China. Ah, yes. On the Wow Commodore, two fifty-five was Rick Kelly. Yep, the um, EA Sports HSV Monaro. Young Lions yeah. livery thing at Sandown 01. Yep. And then some of these other numbers. I think two twenty-six was Russell Ingall's super cheap car when he broke the record for most round starts. Ah, yeah. Two forty-seven was Jack Perkins. I think it was Bet 247, the Kelly yep. Racing Commodore. It was 150 uh, Melinda Price. Uh, the Ultra Tune car yeah. at the Enduros was 150 there a few times. Um, oh, then a few of those other numbers, I think we're going back into the 70s and 60s with some of the series production touring cars from back in the day. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really we're really going back deep into the files. But, Shane, great question. Um Great answer, Shane, yes. our Shane, yeah. uh, to manage to uh, to come up with that. So, um, cool. Thanks so much for sending all those in. That's worked the brain just a little bit. It really has. This week. Oh, jeez. Oh, I need to have a lie down after all that. Uh, and I didn't even look up any of the answers. You uh, can't lie down. You've got to go to Sydney. Oh, yeah, that's right. This weekend, Sydney, it's on. It's the Sydney Super Night, uh, round one of the Repco Supercars Championship. My intent is to be there. Hopefully um, the roads don't get washed away in the meantime. Um, for everyone who's up in Queensland and northern New South Wales way, we're thinking of you at the moment too because uh, we live in a weird world and there's a lot of water around up there, so stay away from it as much as you possibly can. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Don't forget too, Tuesdays, the Castrol Motorsport News podcast with the boys, with Stefan and Andrew Van Leeuwen. Uh, and Thursdays, now that we're into supercar season, we'll Repco Supercars Weekly. We'll be making a return. So the latest of news and notes and quotes and numbers from uh, the Repco Supercars Championship and all the other bits that we can't fit into the other pods, they go to that pod. So Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, jump on the V8 website, uh, v8sleuth.com.au. We've got a bunch of stories, a bunch of content, a bunch of stuff going on. Join the mailing list too so you don't miss out. You always get notified of upcoming uh, items, whether it's new products in the store or uh, stories on the website. We love all the support that we have from you all. And uh, thanks again for tuning in this week to the podcast. So for us, for me, for Will, thanks again for listening. We will chat to you again next week with another episode of the V8s with Podcast, powered by Repco, with a very special guest. And no, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You've got to tune in next week. That's the fun of it. Chat to you then. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online. Thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.